The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Look who stepped in studio. Yeah, Reed Wilkins here. has joined us. We've been uh, remembering Dave Semenko in this first half hour of the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. We'll get to more of your texts coming yes, in. Share them ones. with us. There's some really great ones yeah. at 6.30, 6.30. You can always give us a call at 4960063. You know, Reed, just a moment ago, I was saying that, you know, and it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a different thing. But the makeup of teams back in the days in which Semenko played and the way the teams are made up now, um, a player like Dave Semenko had a role that maybe doesn't exist in today's structure. Can you can you sort of talk to? Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, I think I, I think that role still exists because I I do think intimidation and physicality and aggression are always going to be part of of physical pro sports, whether it's hockey or football. But but I, but there is. Just in terms of pure quantity, there is not as much fight. <laughs> right, right. There aren't. There aren't. There isn't as often a, a, the role a, a of the fight. enforcer anymore. Right. I, no. I see. I, I. I still think there is. I. I, I just think now. Uh, like I said, there, there's less there's less fighting, but I still think intimidation and physicality is important. But certainly in that era, there would have been more fighting, and there would have been more. You know, of the scrums after the whistles. Yeah, there was and, certainly and, more of an expectation of fighting. And there as was, well. and there was, right, and there it was more, um, it was more normal, I guess. Right. I guess is the way to put it. I mean, I think, I think now, um, if you're, uh, well, I'll just pick, if you're between 15 and 25, and you go to a hockey game, and there's not a fight. I don't think you're like, oh man, there wasn't a fight. Whereas I think more in, in the '80s, if you went to a hockey game, you'd be like, yeah. well, it was great. It was six-five, but I was kind of hoping to see a couple, a couple fights. Well, especially depending on who the opponent was. I mean, right. And the Edmonton Calgary thing—that's right. kind of what he was defined with, with with Tim Hunter. And I'm going to have Jim Plaplinski on Inside Sports tonight nice. about the pure. And I love what uh, uh, did you did you guys play the one from Hunter where he said he uh, to Don Jespo show where. You know, he hates the guys now that when they'll fight and then they'll kind of pat each other on the back of the yeah. head. He's like, he's like, he's he like, we didn't use that he's like, I, I didn't do that. Like, I honestly just dislike the guy. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played that one yet, yeah, but we'll good. hear yeah, uh, from him coming up in a bit. But he also said, which I, because he's the head coach at Moose Jaw, Moose Jaw right now. now. Yep. And one of the things I found interesting, because Jesperson had asked him, well, you know, how do you, how do you teach the players to fight? And he said, well, we don't teach them how to fight. They need to learn that on the way up. But he says, we've got more important things and, and better things to teach them now than fighting hmm. well and i think and, and there are players who've, who fight and i mean the oilers had a couple guys who mm-hmm. fought a, a fair bit this year with with casting and maroon and lucic got in a few but i think you learn fighting from other players yeah. and to some extent you learn by doing it and then probably after you lose a fight then you just go to somebody on the team <laughs> who fights more? Yeah. And I was like, okay, do I, I don't want to get my my face bashed in again. But I have but been I, told it's it's very hard to do the the whole fighting on skates with the balance I can and, imagine. and everything. Yeah. It's actually very yeah. Tough. But but you, That's ra- why you grab the jersey. Yeah. You you raise a great point about about that role and whether there's sure there 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 are fewer fights nowadays, but I still think there's you know a, a area for players who who can fight. And who can intimidate? And I, I think Semenko and guys who were really good at it were. And you know what? Also tonight, I'm going to have Adam Scorgi on the show, the the local filmmaker behind the film Ice Guardians, which is a great documentary about the enforcer. That the best the the best guys are able to fight a couple of times and be so good at it. 
that then in future games they can just kind of skate by the guy yeah, on the other sure. team's bench who's causing trouble and just say, you sure you want to do that again? <laughs> you know, you know, or, or, or you may want to, you know, you, you you can you you can touch our best player, but next time I'm on the ice with your best player, yeah. I'm just going to destroy. Yeah. Him. So what? So it's up. So it's a it's still so it's intimidation. Just yeah, not, it's still yeah. intimidation. And I went and looked. At, there's that great website, and I've actually interviewed the the guy behind it. It's just called HockeyFights.com that catalogs fights. And now in this day and age, there's video of also every fight. But Semenko didn't. Uh, didn't like I went on there thinking like okay he's gonna have twenty to twenty five fights a year never had double digits in fights really in an NHL season hmm. now I'm sure he got a lot of roughing minors sure. or misconducts <laughs> or 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 whatever but so this so there it is he didn't always have to drop the gloves you knew he was out there well he was a presence and no plus he what. could play well enough that yeah. when he was on the ice it wasn't like well the Oilers are pretty much short a guy just <laughs> give the give the guy give the person a look with those eyes and <laughs> yeah just absolutely put you in your place right there you know what about the other side of it uh reed and again this is not you know better worse uh, but again different um we were just talking about it as well before you stepped in that back in those days you would run into these oilers all over edmonton you i, I can't count the number of times I ran into Semenko. I was getting coffee one time at uh, one of those fancy places like a Starbucks, and the lineup was forever. And uh, the lady at the window said, oh, I apologize, but you know, Paul Coffey's in here signing autographs, and he had just stepped by, he had just come in to mm-hmm. buy a coffee. But Semenko, and that's what I was saying, part of my memory of all of those Oilers of that era was not just what they accomplished on the ice, but the fact that I felt like they were Edmontonians. I I felt like I could run yeah. into them at any time, and and if I did, that I would have an opportunity to to chat with. Well, them. Well, and you know that's, I mean, it's obviously a, a, a sad day, and one of the, one of the things that kind of saddened me this this morning that really stuck with me was he. I mean, he'd stayed around the Oilers as I mean, he broadcasted broadcast games with Rod in the nineties mm-hmm. for a bit, and. Uh, and had been a scout, and, and now he'd spent this past season as an Oilers ambassador. Mm-hmm. And and Kevin Lowe really stressed how much he he loved doing that, or being in the new building and talking mm-hmm. to fans, or or you know with sponsors or, or or season ticket holders. And that that kind of struck a chord with me, where you know thirty years after his career, he still wanted to be around the team, yep. be in the city, represent the team. And you know that's that's the sad part is that he only got a year doing that you know of of, of just being you know mingling talking telling stories cheering on exactly. the new guys yep. uh, you know help so that that was that kind of well you say he wanted to be around the team which is true but I think he wanted to be around the fans too well, I think that yeah I think that was yeah. more important yeah you know, just to just to connect with the fans exactly and it, that role would have come very naturally to him because as tough as he was and as mm-hmm. intimidating as he was he, very friendly guy well. That, that's right, and that, and that's the great thing about a lot of a lot of enforcers. They're often uh, the guy with the sharpest wit on the team, yeah, exactly. or sometimes. I mean, everybody knew about uh, George Peros, who played in the NHL. I, I can't remember which school it is off the top. He went went to an Ivy League school, you know. So they're not <laughs> really. I mean, everybody. I, I know, especially a lot of people outside of hockey. They see a fight and think, "Oh, there's two big dummies going at it." Mm. What's actually often the story is there's two guys who throughout their entire hockey careers were the best players on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And could score, and then as it gets weeded down and the top 1% goes down to the top half percent to the top 0.2%, um, then they realize, okay, there are six guys on my team who can score. 
and I'm not better than them. Um, but, but I'm big, and I've been in a few fights, so do I want to play in the NHL or not? And, and that's why it's not, it's not always easy, right? There, we all know the well-documented stories that, you know, people have struggled in that role, mm-hmm. and it affects them outside of the rink, and there's, they spend their whole time thinking about when's the next fight I'm going to have. So I, I think that's, that's an important thing to remember, too, is that it takes a, a, either a special type of person or it takes someone who's really willing to change you know, to, to, to be in that sure, role. to adapt. To, yeah. to, to, to adapt to it and, and do it well and still go to the rink with a sense of humor and still be a buddy with the, with all your yeah. teammates. And, and a and, sense of purpose, right? A valuable right. Uh, component of the team, even if it isn't as the leading goal scorer or a leading point getter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the interesting thing about hockey because I don't think other sports have that to that extent. Um I don't know. People would say, "Well, Dennis Rodman was, or you know, Charles Barkley could play." You know, you sure, but they're they're rebounding, yeah. and you might get the odd fouls, but they're not actually stopping yeah. the game, so right, they can right. f- mm-hmm. get into fisticuffs. That is a funny misconception, guy. though, because the smartest people on uh, any football team ask Morley sometime. I'm sure you probably agree too, Reed. O lineman, offensive lineman, O lineman, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, was, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, with, I know. Usually, very well spoken, very yep. very intelligent, but uh, the job based on raw physicality and power, yeah. Awesome, Reed. Well, thank you for popping in and uh, sharing some thoughts this afternoon. And uh, we're expecting details next couple of days about the memorial service. And I should mention, uh, I, I mentioned a couple of guys I have on tonight. Rod Phillips is going to be on tonight. Oh, as well. oh wonderful. Nice. Okay. okay, thank you. Thanks, Reed. Some more of your texts coming in this afternoon. Great hearing the Semenko stories. Dave Hunter and Dave Semenko used to come out to Lloyd Minster a couple of times each winter and played a, with a bunch of us in the Lloyd Minster NHL Noon Hour Hockey League. They were great. Sammy was a blast in the room and a great stick handler and passer on the ice. Never drop the gloves with them, thank God. (laughs) Rest in peace, Dave. How about this text? I heard a great line this morning. Maybe you already mentioned it. Someone said, watching him fight was like watching him start a lawnmower. (laughs) I I thought that was fantastic. So, uh, Reed had mentioned the clip with with, uh, Tim Hunter talking about, he was asked, you know, you know, now oftentimes we see after, you know, two guys get into a fight, they pat each other on on the back and off they go. Tim Hunter says, "Uh uh-uh. Uh-uh, it wasn't like that back then. Well, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a battle. It was not going to be an easy night in any regard, and they knew that playing against us. It was uh, quite the mutual respect that we were going to play really hard and, and battle, and it might get ugly and, uh, you know, might be violence. And uh, that's the way we both teams had to play to beat, beat each other. Uh, we had to compete a lot harder to catch up to them, and part of it was the physicality side of things. And... I was always confident in my abilities. I was never afraid of anyone, so I was never worried about uh, uh, anybody on the Oilers, especially Dave. But, uh, you know, uh, it was never an easy uh, time if you did have to drop the gloves with Dave or Marty or Kevin or Don Jackson or whoever it may be. Um, they had lots of uh, lots of guys willing to protect their teammates and stand up for each other. That's what made them a great team in the 80s. We're talking to former Calgary Flame, uh, Quebec Nordique, Vancouver Canuck, and San Jose Shark, Tim Hunter, now a coach in the Western League. It's always been interesting for me to see uh, the big enforcers, the heavyweights in the NHL, after trading punches for a minute, a minute and a half sometimes, pat each other on the back of the head and say, good go or good fight. Did you have a relationship like that, a mutual respect with Dave Semenko, or was there a whole lot of animosity back in those 80s years? 
oh, that's today's player. They do that. In those days, we didn't even talk to each other off the ice. It wasn't until our careers were, were over that we actually got a conversation off the ice. So, uh, no, it was it was mutual hatred. Uh, we hated them. They hated us. And, uh, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't until the Players Association got together and did a bunch of things where the players were in the same room at times that guys kind of got to know each other and, you know, it was unprofessional to talk to another player on the ice during warm-up or anything like that. So times have changed. Um, but, uh, no, uh, I think for sure I respected Dave's, number one, his hockey ability, and number two, how tough he was. And I think he did the same with me. Tim Hunter, former Calgary Flames enforcer, currently the head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors, reflecting on his on his time playing for Calgary uh, and taking on Dave Semenko uh, on the ice many times. Uh, we're remembering Dave Semenko today, passed away this morning after a short battle battle with um, pancreatic cancer at the age of 59, would have turned 60 in just a couple of weeks. We'll take a break here when we come back. Wayne Gretzky has released a statement about the loss of his friend. I'll, uh, we'll tell you all about that right after this. Lots of teammates, former players, tweeting out their thoughts or putting out statements. Ryan Smith, Smitty. Just saw this uh, Ryan Smith, of course, uh, another iconic uh, oiler, number 94, tweeted out today, it's a sad day for hockey and Edmonton. Dave was the truest example of a protector and a teammate, a great man who will be missed, R.I.P., Number 27. Uh, Wayne Gretzky has put out a statement saying, um, one of the first Oilers I met in 1978. I didn't know at the time the impact he would have in my life and my career. He was the toughest player I knew and yet the biggest teddy bear you would ever know. (laughs) A beloved Oiler that will be missed dearly because of his kind heart and funny sense of humor. He made us all better people. Rest in peace, number 27, and thank you for your friendship. That's from Wayne Gretzky. Received this text. These texts are great. Keep them coming all afternoon, 6.30, 6.30. We will move on to other topics, but It's a pretty important day for a lot of people. Uh, This text, I was in an automotive store in the early 80s and Dave (laughs) Semenko came in. We were both wearing blue jeans and white t-shirts. When I saw him, I said, hello, Mr. Semenko. He looked at me. I thought I had offended him. He then smiled and just uh, said, well, mine fits better. (laughs) (laughs) Huge hands, big biceps, indeed. Michael says that my story of Dave was in Christopher's pub with my EPS officer friend. We were having a drink and went to the washroom when we came back someone was sitting in our chairs and my cop friend said we are not going to ask for our seats back because i arrested him last week (laughs) we did ask and dave laughed gave us our chairs back and said well i deserve to be arrested he was an awesome person he was arrested what was that about Uh, i think a few of them spent a night or two here (laughs) entirely different time yeah isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Um, but yeah, so thank you everyone for texting today. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, we'll continue to read your texts as you uh, send them in this afternoon. As I say, we are going to move on to other topics, of course. We'll let you know uh, when they announce plans mm. for the memorial. I'm sure that will be a very well-attended uh, yeah. memorial. He's just one of the, He was just one of those guys that sort of, like I say, the day that Carol told me, that that was her favorite player. I, I, I said, why? Oh, he was handsome. First off, he was a handsome fella. That's what she said. Yeah. Very good looking man. But Beautiful she, eyes. In His her, eyes. In her mind, and I think probably in the mind of many people who watched hockey back in the 80s, he sort of encompassed all it was to be an oiler. He, 
as Reed mentioned, he wasn't just a tough guy that couldn't skate. Um, he could skate. Uh, I'm not sure how many goals he ever got in his... He uh, did get a hat trick once. There you go. And was named player of the week once. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. See, to me, he's a lot like uh, George Rock, where the guy is... He's just an all-round player, um, not certainly a superstar, wasn't a superstar or anything like that, but like George, a character, and it was hard not to like him. It Sort of, if you want to compare him to a player of today, a maroon, mm-hmm. you know, where it's hard not to like him. And even, and, and you know, originally when I watched Dave Semenko, I was a Calgary Flames fan mm-hmm. because that's where I lived. And, and even then... Yes, it's hard. You watch him play, and you want to criticize him. Like you want to, you know. Somebody said earlier, cement head, and you know he's been called cement hands and this yeah. and that. Um, but his role was not to take the big slap shot from the blue line. His role was not, um, you know, his role was, it was an to make room for the other guys exactly, to do that, which he did proficiently. Listen to this. I was at a rookie camp for the Brandon Wheat Kings, a bunch of rookies after a week starting to joke around in the dressing room. While we were getting undressed, we were all in walk to Dave Semenko. He stood in the doorway, crossed the dressing room floor, punched the wall, <laughs> turned around, smiled, and walked out. Nobody dared to move for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh. Oh, good. Uh, Gamer Brian says, The earth has shaken and gods are mourning. Today a titan has fallen. Today the city has lost a brother and a friend, but most of all a champion. Rest in peace, mighty 27. You know, I was listening to uh, Ryan's show this morning, mm. and of course the topic uh, was uh, Simanko, and um, they took the uh, newser live from the Oilers. And many people, when you lose your battle to a disease, say Mm. he lost his battle today. Um, And a texter texted in, and, you know, I I love our listeners sometimes. (laughs) They're very insightful. But somebody texted and said, it's not right to say he lost his Mm -hmm. battle. It was was a draw. Yeah, he says because when he died, the cancer died, He took cancer with him. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that uh, as well. It's 2.54 on the 6.30 Ched afternoon news. We have a few more clips from that... Uh, news conference that we will weave in throughout the afternoon. Uh, We're going to move on to some other topics uh, this afternoon as well, but we'll come back around. And if you want to keep sharing, of course, keep sharing. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. We should probably mention as well those uh, who tuned in and expected to hear Gord Stanky. Uh, He comes in every Thursday, but with uh, the passing of Dave Simanko, Gord was tied up a little bit uh, at Global. He was busy at at Global as well. Right, right. So we just... uh, he was able to join us on the phone. We just well, we'll just we'll put it off for this week and get him back next week. Although you know we could always ask if he's available tomorrow. He kind of owes us a day in lieu of. Ah, uh, whatever. Get us through a Friday. Get it through next week. Yeah, why not? Um, as we go to break here, uh, Kevin Lowe on Dave Semenko. I think it's safe to say that, without overstating anything, that the you know the greatest of all time are up in the building and Rogers, but. Uh, as Koff alluded to, th- those greats couldn't have done without the uh, support and um, and and aid of Dave Semenko. And I say that with the you know greatest deal of sincerity, because what he provided on the ice, uh, the message he delivered to the opposition, and was a good hockey player, was capable. As he pointed out many times, he scored a bunch of points in junior and did have a hat trick in the NHL. Was actually Player of the Week one week. Uh, but uh, it was really his presence in the dressing room and his, he, he really kept us all grounded. He had an incredible wit. 
and uh, he reminded us often of who we are and uh, not to sort of get our, uh, not allow for our heads to get any bigger than they were. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.